Well, I'll, if you'd like to turn with me to Romans chapter 5. I've been going through the book of Romans uh, myself, just my own personal study, and I was going through it on the plane this morning. I've been going through verse by verse, just trying to really slow down and really look at this incredible epistle, this wonderful letter that's a gift to the body. And taking it verse by verse, not to just skim over it or read through it, but to really take time to look it up in the Strongs and the Thayers and really mine what God is saying and look at it in lots and lots of different translations because we read a English Bible that is a translation of a Greek, Aramaic, Hebrew Bible and I don't read fluent Greek, Hebrew or Aramaic and so I need some help. I need to be able to look it up and uh, it's so encouraging to be able to really look and get the fullness of what God's saying. So I've been going through that verse by verse But I want to share this one with you today from Romans chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is the message of Romans. It's the message of the gospel. We have been justified by faith. Hallelujah. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. By grace we are saved through faith, hallelujah, and that we have been justified, that is just as if we've never sinned. And as I've been looking at it and and really seeing what does it mean to be dead to sin, alive to God, what is the difference between what was happening in the old covenant when uh, sins were atoned for by the blood of uh, bulls and goats and lambs And what has happened in the new covenant? What makes it so much better? And this has been my delightful study as as I've discovered that the whole glory of the new covenant is that we now can come into union with God. We can be joined to God. We can come into the holiest of holies and we can have complete uh, unbroken fellowship with the Lord, unbroken fellowship with him. We become family with God. We're not the outsiders uh, having our sin covered. We have our sin taken away, our iniquity taken away, our old hearts, our old natures removed, and we get to have the heart of Christ. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. We reckon ourselves dead and alive to God in Christ. Hallelujah. We have been separated from. And, you know, people often think, though, well, if, I, if I've been forgiven of my sin and I've received Christ as Savior and I've become a new creation and then I sin again, does that mean we have to go back to the beginning? I lose my salvation. We've got to try it. What, oh, woe is me. No, the good news of, of the new covenant is that when we are born again, we are actually brought into family. We are brought into a marriage with God that where he says, I will not disown you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And he, uh, we, we now are not trying to, to maintain um, God's good favor, but we know that we have been accepted, that we belong, and that when we sin, we have an advocate. Hallelujah. If we come to him and we say, Lord, I'm sorry, that was wrong. 
And praise God, he gives us a conscience we can recognize when we do the wrong thing. And he wants us to maintain a tender conscience. Hallelujah. So it's a good thing to keep short accounts with God and say, oh, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Sorry, God. But when we come to him and we acknowledge our sin, he doesn't stand there and go, all right, I'll let you back in. He's there going, yes, I've covered it. I've already been punished for that. You, are, you don't have to bear the guilt of that. I have forgiven you. Come here. Uh, you, you are anointed to be fully uh, carrying my authority and my power. You are loved. I want to remind you of the truth of who you are, that you are a saint. You are not a sinner. You are not a hypocrite. You are beautiful. You are pure. And even if your heart condemns you, I'm greater than your heart. This is what family looks like. This is the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. Hallelujah. We actually get a clean heart and the capacity, the power by the Holy Spirit to have a clean conscience so that we no longer have to labor under guilt and shame. We don't have to hide ourselves or separate ourselves from God. But the work of the enemy is to deceive us, to come in and attach to the guilt that we feel when we've done something wrong and have us live in the hangover of that guilt and bring condemnation that causes us to feel ashamed. Praise God. The Bible says that if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence toward him. We have confidence toward God. But the enemy is always trying to rob you of that confidence, rob you of the truth that you have been justified by faith. And the Holy Spirit is wanting continually to remind you of the truth. You have been justified by the blood of Jesus through faith in me. He's wanting us to exercise faith in the reality of his goodness. Hallelujah. To come into agreement with the truth that we have been forgiven, that we are clean, that we are actually clean on the inside. It's so important how we view ourselves because faith is believing that the Redeemer has made you pure, made you clean, made you holy. And it's a difficult thing to do if you just, if you don't actually let the Word of God wash you and help you, if you don't let the Holy Spirit convince you and convict you of this reality. The Holy Spirit wants to help you when your emotions want to take you into shame and lead you down a path of, wanting to hide yourself and feel like a hypocrite. The enemy loved to have you believing and living continually in the belief that you're a hopeless hypocrite because it will rob you of the confidence that you need to be able to stand before him and boldly make requests of him, knowing that you're going to have what you ask. So the heart of God is to help you within the context of family, within the context of relationship with him, know that you can always lift up your head. In fact, he is called our glory and the lifter of our heads because he wants to lift up your face when you're feeling like a hypocrite and say, you're not a hypocrite. You are holy. You are pure. You are clean. But God, I messed up. And you've confessed your sin and I'm faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You don't even smell of it. You have no stain of sin on you. You are holy. You are righteous and you are in union with me. Hallelujah. He is continually revealing himself in ways that are beyond our human capacity to understand. It is love that passes knowledge because it's not fair. 
It's not fair. He shouldn't, in our human measurement, shouldn't be as kind as that. And yet his kindness knows no bounds. It's beyond our comprehension. That's why he says in Ephesians that we should pray for supernatural strength. Pray that the Holy Spirit will help us comprehend this love so that we don't pull away and miss out on the fullness of it, but we let it so impact our hearts that it washes away and blows away every trace of lie, every trace of uh, fear and condemnation, every fear that you're rejected or you're somehow inadequate or unqualified or disqualified. The love of God, the perfect love of God will cast out all fear. And he wants you to boldly allow him to lift up your head, look full in your face and tell you, you are the redeemed of the Lord. Come on, say it with me. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. It brings it up beautifully in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. But I'm going to look here um, from the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. It says here, For if animal sacrifices could once and for all eliminate sin, they would have ceased to be offered, and the worshippers would have had clean consciences. Instead, once was not enough. So by the negative sacrifices year, excuse me, so by the repetitive sacrifices year after year, the worshippers were continually reminded of their sins with their hearts still impure. For what power does the blood of bull and goat, bulls and goats have to remove sin's guilt? Every year they'd bring their sacrifices. The priests would offer the the sacrifices, but they had no power to cleanse the guilty conscience, to take away guilt until Jesus came and he became sin for us, that he would take away once and for all the punishment for our sin. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20 I I mentioned it before, for if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. I used to think, oh, well, I don't really keep all his commandments all the time. So I have maybe I deserve to have a condemnation in my heart. But he finishes with this in verse 23. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. He doesn't turn back and say, so long as you keep all the law, you can have no condemnation. He says, no, so long as you do this one thing, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is able to cleanse you from a guilty conscience, who is able to take away all your sin, that you might love him and just love others. Hallelujah. That's what it looks like to be free. This is why it is such glorious good news. Hallelujah. So back to Hebrews 10 um, in the Passion Translation, it says here in verse 8. First, he said, multiple burnt offerings and sin offerings cannot satisfy your justice, even though the law required them to be offered. And then he said, God, I will be the one to go and do your will. So by being the sacrifice that removes sin, he abolishes animal sacrifices and replaces that entire system with the new covenant. 
By God's will, we have been purified and made holy once and for all through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus, the Messiah. Hallelujah. Skipping down to verse 19. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly and with no hesitation. For he has dedicated a new, a life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to him. And since now we have a magnificent king priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. Hallelujah. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus. He made a way so that we could come directly to him, that we could have access to him, that we could have relationship with him. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The joy of Jesus was not that, well, finally, maybe they'll behave properly. What he was looking forward to was not the the hope that maybe you'll do better. What he was excited about, he was excited about enduring the ripping of his body, the the, the horrible torture that he went through, the death that he went through. For the joy set before him, he endured that. And the joy that was set before him was that you and he could finally, be together in the most holy place that you and he could come together as one in union with him. Hallelujah. This is the power of the blood of Jesus. This is the power of what Christ has done, that we could come and that we would be connected as family, as one with him. Yet so often religion teaches us that, well, we believe in God and yes, You know, um, we've connected ourselves to Christianity, but we forget that what Jesus has done was not to bring you into a club, but to bring you into a family where he and you are divinely joined, that we are the body of Christ. My head and my body are very connected. We are one. And just as your body and your head are one, inseparable, joined together, you now, having received the grace of the Lord, having exchanged your sin for his gift of mercy, his gift of righteousness, you have been qualified to be joined to God. It's such a glorious thought because God can't be joined to anything less than perfectly holy because he is light. And light can have no fellowship with darkness. So Jesus made a way for you to be perfectly holy. And you're not perfectly holy when you've achieved it. Because if you were holy by your achievements, it wouldn't be grace. It would be due payment. It says in Romans 4 that if, if we ha- had been able to achieve it, it would be wages, righteousness would be wages that we'd earned. But actually, we haven't achieved righteousness. We have received it through the free gift of grace. Hallelujah. And because of that grace, we are now, we've received 
the robes of righteousness, a clean heart, a clean conscience. And you know, the problem that we have though, is we still often try to view this glorious divine union with human mentality that says, but, 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 but. I'm not doing good enough to be holy and clean and pure. You know, maybe at that moment that I received Christ and I forgave my sins, maybe for a moment I was clean, but the moment I had a bad thought, you know, I've spoiled it all. all. But that's not the truth. Hallelujah. The glory of God's magnificent atonement is that we can come to him. And we can receive his mercies that are new every morning. That he doesn't reject us, but he says, come here. I've got what you need. I've got all the mercy that you need. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Those who are justified have peace with God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, not by works, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it look like to really live in a supernatural peace? What does it look like to experience what it is, what, what it is to know I'm not guilty? I'm not who people say I am. I'm not who the accuser says I am. I'm not even who I think I am. I am as you are in this world. I have been made new. I am clean. I am holy. God continually wants to convince you and convict you of this righteousness because we need a supernatural revelation of this truth to continually cut away the old thinking that we would have our minds renewed by the washing of his word that over and over and over again says you are the justified you are the redeemed have faith in God believe on his mercy believe on the name of Jesus this one thing I ask that you would believe on the name of the son if you believe that he's done it then you will be the righteous who live by faith hallelujah he's looking for us to deliberately let him Speak life to us. Speak hope. We must believe that this is what he's like. He is always kind. He is always love because God is love. Love is patient and love is kind. It's just who he is. He doesn't change. That is who he is. I remember um, when I was a teacher and um, I was teaching high school music and drama. And I had, I think, a year nine drama class. And I had one young man in that class who's, who came from a very difficult family. I was teaching at Newmarket High. And um, his older brother was in jail and he was known as the real troublemaker. And um, one day I came into class and he was climbing the glass louvers and he was just raving about what he was going to do to the librarian because he hated us so much. And he was really high climbing these glass louvers. And I came in and I said, Dean, get down, sweetheart, you're going to fall. And the kids said to me, Miss, he's high. I said, I know, you're going to have an accident, darling, come down. <laughs> I, I was a little naive, hallelujah, first year teaching. But he was a difficult student and spent most of his time up at the office. And I think most 
everybody expected he would just follow in his brother's footsteps and end up in jail. Broken home, troubled boy. But I noticed that he had a flair for the dramatic. That he was genuinely gifted in drama. And so I began to speak to him. I said, Dean, you have a real gift for drama. And I gave him the lead role in the class play. Well, the transformation I saw in this boy was amazing. He was always the first one in class. He was there absolutely listening to every word I'd say. He'd be telling the other kids, shh, listen to miss. (laughs) He learned every line and he did a magnificent job. And you know what? I believe just having someone believe in him brought about repentance. You're brought about a complete change. That's a little picture, I think, of what the Lord wants to do with us. Like you read Romans, and fascinating. Romans 6 says all these questions of, you know, should we just keep sinning then if grace abounds? You know, this would be the antagonistic questions that, that Paul would get by preaching this gospel. Uh, and he, the reason these questions would be asked is because it just doesn't seem right to just lavish love on people and to lavish mercy on those that are undeserving and yet it's God's strategy the good news is that when we receive the mercy of Christ when we allow ourselves to believe in his love and let him overwhelm us with his goodness as we continually come to him and develop this glorious intimate relationship that we now have the privilege of having The more we hear his love, the more the love of God constraineth us. It is his love that keeps us from wanting to do anything wrong. It wasn't suddenly I'd put more rules on this young man. It was simply that he felt valued. And because of that, he felt loved. He wanted to do the right thing. In the same way, God is smarter than us. Hallelujah. And his mercy, his love is, doesn't lead to a desire to want to be sinful. It leads to a desire to want to be who he says that we are. Hallelujah. The glory of God is his mercy and his kindness is way beyond our capacity to even comprehend. Father, we love you. We are now brothers and sisters in God's family. What does it look like to live in the family of God, to be connected to him? You know, I I believe too many people walk around unaware of the fullness of the freedom that they have now in Christ. We need to be vigilant and deliberate to stand firm in this freedom, to discover what freedom we actually have. What is this freedom that we have? We have been set free from guilt. We have had guilt removed from us, yet so many carry it around like a big burden on their back. 
they carry it around and it's actually a demonic voice that's condemnation that, that's there accusing you and because you don't stand up to it and bring the word of God, bring the truth, it just hangs around and walks around with you, cluttering up your mind, cluttering up your heart and d- discouraging you. It even will, um, if you don't deal with the lies that the enemy wants to bring against you, then you, be, you start to become overwhelmed with the accusing voices. We're not called to live facilitating and entertaining demonic voices. We've been set free from guilt, shame and condemnation. So we have to be deliberate to make sure that we clear the room, that we clear the air, that we walk as the free. To have peace with God is something that we have to vigilantly and deliberately stand for. I have the privilege of having peace. Therefore, I will walk in it with faith. I will walk in it not as a victim. I will walk in it as one who knows her authority, who knows that I don't have to put up with the lies of the enemy. A lot of people live with the constant voices, the constant battle of the accusing one telling you you're hypocritical, you are not good enough, you're not measuring up, oh, you've got this problem, you've got that problem. And God wants us to turn around and say, I am justified. I am clean. It's no longer me who live, but Christ who lives in me. Whatever accusation he brings, there is a word from God. There is scripture you can bring back at them. And as you employ it in faith, Actually believing this is true, you don't just quote the word hoping it'll go away. But if you quote the word knowing and believing what it says, that thing will flee because truth dispels lies. The enemy comes and he lies, but the Lord wants to reveal truth to you. That's why it's so important that we study the word of God. That we actually let the word of God become something that is so real, it penetrates and and nourishes and feeds us. He wants us to take it beyond head knowledge and let it become heart revelation. You can have the, the voice of the liar saying, oh, you're just so lazy, you're so selfish. And if you turn around and say, go away, and hope it'll go away, you're probably not going to find much happening. He'll just keep having a go. But when you start replacing that lie with truth, thank you, God. It's no longer me who lives. I reckon myself dead, but alive to you. As you pray the word and say, thank you, God, you are love. And therefore, as you are, so am I. Therefore, love is patient. Love is kind. It's long-suffering. It doesn't uh, seek its own. I don't seek my own. I am patient. I am kind. I am overflowing with his love because that's who I am now. I am the justified. I am no longer married to sin or self. I am married to Christ. I am one with him. I am part of his body. This is the truth. Satan, you're a liar. Go in Jesus name. Hallelujah. When you deal with it and when you bring truth that you believe, that's why I like to pray the word. Because when I pray into it, I'm engaging with it in faith. I'm not just using it as a, please go away. Quoting it as a, as a verse I know that I hope is a magic tool that'll make it go. I'm engaging in faith. I'm letting truth dispel and displace the lie. If I don't let the truth come in, we saw a lot of deliverance this weekend. 
but I, I, I taught them before we did that, that I could pray for you and see, and you could be delivered. But unless you replace what you've been delivered from with truth, the Bible says that these things go around and they come back seeing the place swept clean and they come back with seven of their friends and your state is worse than it was at the beginning. But instead, if we replace the lie with the truth of the word of God, hallelujah, then the place is occupied. And then the, the very area that he meant to destroy you and discourage you in, it becomes a place where you now have power to set others free. Your testimony can go forth and you can help others walk into freedom. Hallelujah. We are called to live as the free. We are called to live as the justified who walk in divine, glorious peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace, glorious and wonderful. Peace that is uh, knowing we are not guilty. Knowing that we don't have to bear our guilt. We don't have to pay for our sin. You don't have to beat yourself up. Jesus was already beaten up for your sin. If you think you can punish yourself, if you think that you need to spend a whole lot of time feeling guilty to pay for your sin, you are in unbelief. Your self-appointed naughty corner has no power to pay for your sin. You have no hope of paying for your sin. There was only one who was qualified to do that, and his name is Jesus Christ. When you turn to the Savior and you say, yes, Lord, I want to receive your mercy. I believe you. You alone can cleanse my guilty conscience. You alone have come to be my redeemer. When you do that, when you open your heart to him and say, Lord, I want to respond to your mercy. I want to receive your grace. What happens is that you get transformed on the inside. He instantly comes in. He takes out the heart of stone. He takes out your old nature. And the Bible tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone born of the line of Adam has been born into a corrupted nature. But those who will be born again of Jesus Christ get a new and lasting Redemption, hallelujah, that's not a temporary fix, but a permanent, glorious transformation from the inside out. You get transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, hallelujah. But it requires us to make a choice to say, yes, Lord, I want to be born again. I want to respond to the mercy of God. It takes us saying, Lord, I need forgiveness. I need mercy. The Bible also says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. You see, it's his joy, his highest hope and greatest delight is that one day you would turn and say, Lord, I want to be joined to you. It was for the hope of having relationship with you, of being connected, reunited with you, the one he created as family, where you would come and say, I want to be in your family. I want to be accepted by you. Is the day that the Father runs towards you, wraps his arms around you, kisses you and says, welcome home. You are loved. You are accepted. He comes and he makes us new on the inside. Tonight, if you're here and you know in your heart 
you want to respond to the mercy of Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity. You know, as a lot of people believe in Jesus, they believe in God. But until you actually come to the place where you say, I want to respond to the mercy of Christ. I want to be made new. I want to be acquitted, not guilty. And I want him to come into my life. I want to become joined to him. That's the only way that we become part of the kingdom of God. If we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, we will be saved. Tonight, if that's you and you're here and you say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to respond to him. I want to, today to be the day that everything changes, that I cross over into eternal life, into a new life with him. Would you wave your hand at me? I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here that says, yes, that's me? I want to respond to the mercy of Christ. Just let me see your hand if that's you. Is anybody here that says, yes, that's me? I want to pray for you today. Anybody? Yes, God bless you. God bless you. That's beautiful. Anybody else that says, yes, that's me? I see your hand. That's powerful. Anybody else that says, that's me? I want today to be the day I make the declaration to cross over and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to come into your kingdom today. Is anybody else that says, that's me? Let me see your hand if that's you. Hallelujah. Father, we say thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Well, if you just raised your hand, would you come? I want to pray for you. Um, there's something powerful about making that decision, that declaration. If you would just come, I want to pray for you right now. You can come with friends if you like to. Give them a hand as they come. Would you come? Would you come? It's so good. Come on up. That'd be awesome. Come on up. It's beautiful. Well done. Amen. beautiful come on come close we're just going to pray right now i honor you for making this choice and i tell you what your father in heaven is so excited he's so excited he's marking this day in heaven the bible says your name is being written in the lamb's book of life so would you pray this after me father god i believe you sent your son jesus to be punished in my place to die and rise again right now Lord I bring you my sin my life my old identity everything I've ever done and I lay it at the foot of the cross I exchange it for your grace your mercy your forgiveness come into my life Lord make me new on the inside fill me with your spirit in Jesus name amen amen right now father I just thank you yes God we celebrate what's happened here and I thank you Holy Spirit 
Lord, that you just come right now and fill them with your grace. Fill them with your spirit. Lord, I thank you that she would know that she knows. Lord, that she is forgiven. I declare her forgiven, set free, saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that today all things have become new. Lord, that you celebrate over this one. Lord, bless her. Father, I thank you for your son. Lord, I thank you that today everything changes. Lord, that he, you, he gets a new heart. That today, Lord, everything shifts. Lord, I thank you that as he's opened his heart, you receive him and he receives you. Father, I thank you, Lord, that they become one. Lord, in Jesus' name, together. Lord, I thank you that he is loved. He is pure. He is clean. He is holy. <laughs> Father, I thank you for filling him with your grace. Lord, new, clean in the name of Jesus, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb in Jesus' holy name. Everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How great you are, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.